0: are exactly that, and they are often litigated, reduced, or vacated. We use available public records, news accounts, and press releases. We cannot warranty or key the details of any of the stories we share, since we are not involved with these stories, at least not most of the time. Enjoy the show. (laughs) This, 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 This show is brought to you by Safe Heaven. And from the border of Liberty and Prosperity in the 10 North. This is Safety Wars for Monday, June 12, 2023. Sorry we're a little bit late. Uh, we had a situation come up right before Eric. We had to resolve. How's everybody doing? I hope you enjoyed your weekend. I know I enjoyed mine. It was... Challenges. Oh yeah, it was. Really about and it was. But uh, my son's spring baseball came to a conclusion on Sunday night. Congratulations to DB White for New York TBT White New York. That's his uh, travel team. My daughter still has two more softball games. So. That's what's going on. Very proud of him. He greatly improved. We were looking at his averages from last year to this year, and he like, did like four or five times better this year, batting than he did last year. Seriously. Incredible. A lot of work. Takes after his mom. My daughter takes after me, she has my sense of humor, and my gift of gab. So, what's going on tonight? So last Saturday night, I wanted to give a big shout out to Ian Punnett from Coast to Coast AM and their entire staff there. They uh, invited me on for the first segment on Saturday night from or Sunday morning, depending on your point of view. Uh, It was 1 a.m. to 1.30 a.m. on uh, Sunday morning. If you're on the West Coast, it was 10 P.M. to 10:30 P.M. We had a very lively discussion on a lot of stuff, but the big thing is, when there is a missing trainload of ammonium perchlorate. You can say, "Wow, you're kidding me? Yeah, here we go." So a uh, well, uh, huge, huge uh, story here where, I don't know, this hit the news. I think we mentioned one time before, but people are starting to get a little bit concerned here because there's an investigation without any type of results or anything that are coming out here. Uh, and it's going to be ongoing. Whenever there's a chemical-type uh, spill and everything else, uh, you no, know, it is. So sometime in the beginning of April, a train left an uh, explosives uh, meaning or ammonium perchlorate plant in uh, Wyoming, I think it was. Hold on. I lost story here. Let me get the details. Oh. I'll turn that off. Missing ammonium perchlorate. So here we have 6, 60,000 pounds of ammonium Uh, Nitrate fertilizer, uh, did I say perchlorate ammonium nitrate uh, fertilizer went missing? So it, uh, here you go. Uh, Very, very aggravating here because this is what what it comes down to. Yes, here it is. Okay. So this is out of Cheyenne, Wyoming on May 24th. It sounds like the beginning of a plot to a mystery movie. This is from wyomingnewsnow.tv. About 30 tons of ammonium nitrate fertilizer is still missing after disappearing during a rail trip from Cheyenne to California. On April 12th, a rail car car carrying the chemical used both as a fertilizer and an explosive left on a two-week trek to Saltdale, California. Once it arrived, the rail car was empty. So what uh right now uh the manufacturer reportedly is Dino Nobel, according to news reports, and that's where it left. Now what they're saying is this it was a granular type shipment, meaning it was in a granular size, it was granular, it was like a you know, granular, like a sand. And what ended up happening was the when it got to wherever it was supposed to go, it was gone. People are concerned because ammonium nitrate has been involved in a lot of incidents over the year. The most recent one in recent memory was Lebanon, where they had a ship that was filled with stuff, with this stuff that went off in, I believe it was 2020, blew like 200 people injured, number of people killed. And then the uh, if you study hazmat, were fire science. You had the Grand Camp in 1947 that went off that was believed to be the largest man-made explosion uh, as far as conventional explosion in history, calculated at somewhere between 2.7 to 3 kilotons. Just for a point of reference, uh, the Nagasaki and Hiroshima bombs were calculated at being 21 kilotons, and Uh, 17 kilotons, I believe. I think those, don't quote me on those numbers, double-check them, but that gives you, right, uh, an idea, one-seventh the size. And it changed the way that we understand fire science in this country. So what I've been told from what I've read and from everything else, before 1947, you had what was known as the Fire Triangle. So, what do you need for a fire safety people you You should know this you need a fuel, you need an oxidizer, and you need energy now traditionally, they say you need fuel, you need air, and you need, uh, a, a an ignition source of flame or spark. but in reality, you need energy in some form because you may have some things that are shock sensitive where the, uh, there's enough of an oxidizer in the chemical formula, there's enough fuel in the chemical formula, and you have it together, and now you have two parts of the fire triangle, and you all, all you need is some type of energy to be re- imparted on this, and then you have an explosion, you have a fire, you have something like that. So what ended up happening was, for unknown reasons, ammonium nitrate, Uh, uh, Fertilizer was in the ship The old liberty ship, the Grand Camp Destined for France Under the Marshall Plan right? Where they were trying to get uh, Europe back up to speed And back building up After World War II And there was another ship adjacent to it I forget the name of it, also And what ended up Happening was The The Right, this is in Texas City, 1947. Let's get the name of the other ship here Uh, SS Wilson B. Keene. All right, Uh, and what happened was uh, 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 so the uh, fire was started with an oxidizer. You got to be very careful, especially in granular form. Anything like ammonium perchlorate, ammonium nitrate, and this one is very it oxidizes with everything and the what it oxidizes with metals usually it could be dirt it could be anything could be more hazardous than the original material because now you have fuel so yes all metals react and uh, most metals i would say burn under if it's ground into fine enough particles this is why you have aluminum tools. Tools and aluminum grinding and aluminum welding, those tools are separate from steel, right? For example, right? With that, because you can ignite the aluminum. If you want to go and uh, go on YouTube, probably TikTok has them too, is videos on uh, thermite, right? Which is a combination of rust, you no know, iron oxide, and aluminum combined, then you have thermite. But anyway, I don't want to give anybody ideas. What and and then you know, thermite's used for many different things. It burns so hot it'll go through an engine block in like a second. But anyway, fire starts and the fire department, as I've read, said, "Hey, we're going to smother the flames. We're going to relieve oxygen." So they close the hatchways and everything else. But they did not know that that the fire tetrahedron, where you have a fourth leg on that fire triangle, making it a tetrahedron, where you have uh, free radicals, you have more reactive things going on. And this thing ended up being self-sustaining because it had oxygen in there and also had the other chemical reactions going on, exothermic, which, you know, it's a self-contained uh, fire. It's self right what ended up happening was this ammonium uh, perchlorate had I'm sorry ammonium nitrate I keep saying perchlorate but ammonium nitrate had gotten to a critical point with this all contained uh, and it went from a conflagration to a detonation and three kiloton detonation so uh, the ship being 437 feet long uh now, blew up, all right? And uh, this is all on film. This is one of the first major disasters on film. And, you know, apparently was very, uh, uh was very uh, colorful. Unfortunately, it was in black and white. And what ended up happening was it detonated. And how many people? 405. Uh, p- uh, it was 468 people had been died. 63 never identified. And tidal wave in the harbor, huge thing. Tsunami, another ship, like I said, was involved. Big thing. 5,000 people injured, uh, 1,784 admitted into hospitals and 500 homes were destroyed. Big thing. Check it out on YouTube or your favorite platform. Uh, Eugene Meyer in his first uh, edition of, uh, Hazardous Materials, Chemistry, The Chemistry of Hazardous Materials goes into this really good. Now, if you can get a, hand, a hold of that book. And there have been several other publications. Second one, a recent memory, another one, right? Other than Lebanon, so we talked about Lebanon in 2020, then Grand Camp, and then in 1995, the Murrow Federal Building in Oklahoma City, you had Timothy McVeigh and Terry Mickle- Nichols uh, destroy the Federal Building. Uh, and what was that diesel fuel and ammonium nitrate fertilizer? There is a report that a couple years ago, a couple of shipments of diesel or fuel oil went missing. I don't mean like a 55 gallon drum much more. So putting these two facts together, right? They never solved the one. Now we have this one. A couple of questions come to mind. One, how often do we lose hazardous materials? I spent a better part of last night Googling this and looking on all the usual websites that are not conspiracy theory related. Very few. This is not very often. doesn't happen very often. At least it's not reported very often. Then what happens is the, uh, now you have missing fuel oil. How often does it, I don't know. But diesel fuel is ubiquitous. No one's going to raise any questions. If you're with now, you put them together now you have an issue. You have an oxidizer. You have an oxidizer that under the right conditions can become uh, self-decomposing de- and cause its own fire under the right circumstances. And now you have fuel oil, right? Now you have fuel, you have an oxidizer. All you need is something else. So what's the issue here? People are concerned, understandably. What they're saying now is, is that the, it leaked out. There was a, a seal in there, and fortunately ammonium perchlorate used as a fertilizer leaked out somewhere and I don't know this goes to the question where how dangerous are the uh, how dangerous are the uh, ground alongside railroad tracks and railroad tracks themselves along the railways. If we have things leaking out, how often does it happen? And what amount and everything else? I don't know. These are good questions there. Maybe one of our listeners has a better idea on this better handle than I do with that. Usually that is the case. And again, uh, what I had mentioned was the what, how now Ian Pundit has a new podcast right. Uh, we get the name for, of it right now. And. Boom. Uh, he now has a podcast. It is do, do, do. I'll have it in the, uh, comments here and, and everything where he, uh, uh, essentially, uh, Hold on. It's on the Paranormal Cop Podcast Network, and it's a half fiction, half uh, half fiction, half real, right? Nonfiction, and it's fiction that is uh, inspired by nonfiction events, and it's about a. Uh, a man, so far as two episodes, and supposed to be an eight or nine part series on what, uh, I should have it up. I'm basically someone who's falsely accused of a crime and, and the way the investigation is. And I pointed out, if they're going to get to the bottom of this investigation, they're going to uh, not be antagonistic right? Uh, that's the big thing, is don't be antagonistic. Don't go and uh, uh, yell, scream, intimidate, or anything else, because you're not going to get your the facts right, and you're not going to be able to get closer to the truth as to what's happening with whatever, uh, based on that. I know I'm rambling, and I am looking for that. I'm a little bit annoyed with myself, because sometimes this show goes into areas that I had not intended. Okay, here it is. Coast to Coast AM, Paranormal Podcast Network, Vaudeville for the Frightened. Uh, uh, Ian Punnett hosts it, and it's like like a performance theater, old fashioned storytelling, uh, like in the 1930s and 40s, uh, but before TV. Uh, story, but anyway, I'm gonna let me just finish the thought here and I'll move on because I know I lost half of you now with my ramblings there. How you conduct a pot, how you a pot? how you conduct an investigation. If it's antagonistic, if you're an antagonist against this rather than get to the truth, solve the problem, move on type of guy like me, you're not going to get closer to the truth. You're not going to be able to move on. The same things are going to happen again and again. And if you act like a jerk, things aren't going to be reported after a while. Uh, so that's why you're really it's really important that you don't be antagonistic. Don't come in with your biases or anything like that. So right now, I can imagine Right, we lost a shipment of uh, material. Right out of here, we lost a shipment. Well, what's going to happen if we go if uh, people go in there and they start? Well, the feds are there. How do you think that's going to go? Everyone's going to keep their mouth shut and assert their Miranda rights as they probably should. And you'll never get to the bottom of this. How to prevent it again? Where it went or anything else? So that's something uh, you need to keep in mind. We're going to take a brief uh, time out here, and we're going to go and figure out what's going on, what the hell I'm going to do next. In a world where danger lurks in every corner, one man stands as a beacon of hope. Jim Posel, a veteran safety expert with over three decades of experience, now bringing his knowledge to you with Safety Wars, engaging, informative, and always relevant. That's Safety Wars. Join the safety revolution with Safety Wars. Available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts and videos. Okay, so thank you, honey. And so we have right here. Story and I had this on NPR over the weekend, National Public Radio. I know people are going to be screaming, "You're listening to National Public Radio." I got a comment today from a dear friend of mine saying, "You got to be careful what you say, and you got to be careful, blah blah blah, and you uh, because yeah, gotta be. Don't fall into those traps, right?" Well, I'm just going to wing it as usual, and uh, you know maybe I'll take her. Uh, her uh, input uh, to heart a little bit. I got to be careful. I got to be careful with the language. I guess. Uh, New York city subways have alarmingly high pollution levels, study finds. So this was uh, published in the New York post and uh, publicized last week. Uh, scientists have found alarmingly high concentrations of potentially toxic particles in the air in New York City subway stations. New York University research- researchers surveyed 271 platforms in December 2021 and found levels of airborne iron particles, uh, probably from the rail lines itself. Right, that's what I firstly I would look is the uh, rails were uh, staggering. 126 times more than the outdoor average, according to a paper published last month in the Atmospheric Pollution Research Journal. One study shows iron, which makes up the bulk of the air pollution in the subway, can be neurotoxic if inhaled and is linked to autism, schizophrenia, and ADHD. Another study showed a correlation between iron inhalation and cardiovascular disease, cancer, respiratory illness, although more research is needed into the health impacts, the NYU scientists noted. And the worst station surveyed was at 181st Street on the one line with an average concentration of uh, airborne particles 17 times higher than the daily average level of metal ions the EPA uh, considers safe. And it goes on and on with all the other things. So what kind of monitoring device did they use? They used a... uh, Uh, real-time monitoring device uh, for particulates. And apparently they did some type of real-time air monitoring with this. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what to say on this other than obviously indoor air pollution is a major problem. Uh, All of the studies and everything that I've heard of uh, and I've read in my experience, hey, indoor air pollution, you have a lot of stuff going on inside a subway. What does this mean? there used to be a parody commercial on one of my favorite radio talk shows uh, and it's not on the air anymore and it was paranoid magazine they had this parody commercial you No, know, a million things you should be terrified of you no know, paranoid was the name of, and that they were at, uh, the joke advertisement and What are we going to do? Are we going to shut down the subways now? Is that what we're going to end up doing? Uh, I don't know. Uh, Here. uh, Now, what do we do? Do we just shut down everything? We had the air quality uh, index last week. We did a deep dive into that. Now, and I'm hearing this from everybody. My daughter asked me what, where the, uh, where the, uh, what was the air quality index this weekend? Are we all going to get paranoid now over this? How and the OSHA and the EPA here have huge uh, sections on that. Be prepared. Are how prepared are we going to be? If you're working outside, you're in an area. Now it's a moderate hazard of. Uh, on the air quality index or over a hundred where you're have some type of real issue going on. Possibly are we now going to say, well, we're going to suspend work done outside, how's that going to impact construction? So it was a good thing that we could talk about this stuff last week, but where exactly are we going with it? I don't know. I can't tell you. It's a dangerous place. We're going because, how, what are you going to do? No one's going to work now outside. That's where the argument's going to be. And you know what? It may be justified. What are you, you going to do as an employer to prove the ambient air koala conditions in your work area for outdoor conditions? Where are you going to say, well, that's part of the job. That's the risk. I don't think that's going to work, especially if you have someone with health problems. Now you assign them to outside work. What are you going to do? Again, you're not the source of the air pollution. You're not the source as the employer. Well, what about uh, uh, you're still, that doesn't mean that you are okay with that. I don't know. I think the courts would probably not enforce it. I don't think OSHA would enforce it, but it's something to say, Hmm. now what are we going to do about it? How are we going to plan? And by the way, OSHA says you should have a plan. Okay, where are we? Okay, some OSHA news right now. Wisconsin food manufacturer's history of violations continues. Federal investigators find safety failures led to two workers' amputation injuries. The operator of a north-central Wisconsin meat and sausage manufacturing plant might have spared two employees from suffering uh, serious hand injuries by following required machine safety standards. Uh, a U.S. Department of Labor investigation found. Inspections, inspectors with the Department's Occupational Safety and Health Administration investigating how a turning auger on a meat processing machine at a company amputated the top of a 37-year-old's finger in December 2022, received a report about a second worker's injury at the plant a month later. And there was an inspection. So, these two inspections led to citations for a repeated seventeen for a repeat violation and seventeen serious violations, with a total of two hundred seventy-seven four thousand four hundred seventy-two dollars in proposed penalties. And right now. Right now they have a court order in place and I'm going to download that because the last time we had a court order on this website, uh, they took it down because I think they uh, put up a, uh, they put it up in error. So if you want to see what a court order looks like with, uh, with this, uh, uh, and, oh, and this is it. Hold on. They made a mistake on the website. They put up the wrong document. So this is, uh, they were supposed to put up the OSHA citation report, and instead they put up a lawsuit here with this, and I'm not going to go into this. It's with a, uh, inter- go over and take a look at it. Um, OSHA.gov, uh, OSHA regional news region five and wow incredible okay and there's a whole bunch of releases on zero accidents zero injuries uh reported for several uh areas and one in utah one in colorado uh here we have uh, Department of Labor Sites Entertainment Company, Orlando Fireworks war fireworks Warehouse, blaze explosion in which four workers perished. Florida-based entertainment company could have prevented a deadly fire and explosion at an Orlando warehouse in December 2022 in which four employees perished and a fifth was left hospitalized for months with near-fatal injuries. Investigators from the U.S. Department of Labor's Occupational Safety and Health Administration determined as a team of workers employed by a certain company uh, ready fireworks for a local show. An ignition sparked the fire and explosions in the storage facility. Five employees who ranged from 22 to 27 years old found themselves trapped. Following its investigation, Ocean found the company. Failed to protect its employees by establishing safety protocols and issued citations for ten serious violations, totaling a hundred and almost one hundred and ten thousand dollars. ensure what were they doing? Ensuring they did not ensure the proper storage of explosive materials, comply with OSHA's process safety management standard uh, that for preventing. Uh, And we're minimizing the unplanned ignition of explosive materials by performing a hazard analysis and developing and implementing written process safety control procedures and an EAP, that's emergency action plan. Ensure electrical equipment in the area was classified. Uh, We're talking, they don't mention this in the article, but it's class one, division two or class one, division one rated. Uh, In other words, intrinsically safe. And uh, blah, blah, blah. so going on and on and on, that's basically it. Not the way you want to go. I'll say that much. And I'm not being a wise guy here. So how much more do we have here? So it was a shorter program tonight. I got on a little bit late. Uh, I appreciate all the support and everything. I want to thank Ian Punnett again for having me on on Saturday night. And uh, again, uh, we'll keep an eye on where did this go? I'm sure, there'll be a finalized report on this. Uh, some other stuff: uh, the uh, East Palestine uh, rail railway disaster uh, that's going on into the ongoing recovery phase, and they're going to be doing some site characterization on that. Uh, also, uh, the uh, uh, fires in Canada are going to be going on for the foreseeable future until they get. A substantial amount of rain up there in Canada. So uh, that, I haven't seen any reports of anybody getting hurt or homes getting destroyed, anything like that. Uh, but uh, real quick, let's look at the Canadian fires. And do okay. And Canadian wildfire tracker on the New York Times. So parts of uh, huge, where are we looking at? The internet is never fast enough. Dealing with a 1G connection here, dedicated line. So right now, I'm looking at half the country right uh, now. And I'm seeing a lot of yellow and green, not a lot of red. Uh, in the United States. However, up in Canada in uh, the, uh, Alberta area, we're seeing a lot of, uh, red and dark red and, uh, maroon over there, uh, which would indicate that there are, uh, there, there's still wildfires up there or something else going on and it's, uh, not good here. So, uh, what do we got? Uh, It's not showing you what the levels are. So this is going to be an ongoing issue for the time being. I will see everybody here tomorrow. Hopefully uh, nothing will happen before the program. So see ya. Safety Wars is streaming now. Safety FM.